Not a matter of if, but when a crisis could rock your world. I'm Rashini Rajkumar, crisis strategist, licensed attorney, and host of The Crisis Files. In each case file, we explore a real-world crisis or a multifaceted controversy. My crisis squad and I are here to find solutions. We also talk with insiders who cover these issues all the time. Today, the Crisis Files wellness contributor, Jamie Martin, is here. Jamie is the editor-in-chief of Experience Life, Lifetime's award-winning health and fitness magazine. You hear a lot of talk about body positivity that seems to have stemmed out of fat shaming tactics. The popular entertainer Lizzo proudly describes herself as fat and has worked to normalize and destigmatize larger bodies. But recently, Lizzo shared, quote, the body positivity movement has been co-opted by all bodies so that fat people are still getting the short end of the body positivity movement. Images on social media and all over the media only seem to add fuel to all camps. Meantime, we are seeing statistics go up in male body dysmorphia. We dive into all of this in the case file I call Body Talk. Jamie, how can we make sense out of the labels and focus on health and wellness? Well, it's so interesting because we're living in a world where it's all around us. Body shaming, talking about our bodies, criticizing our bodies. It's just kind of part of our culture. And so we have to be very, very intentional about shifting the conversations with ourselves, with others, in the communities that we associate with. Because if we continue to use words that are shaming to people, or if we continue to qualify things as good or bad, right or wrong, when it comes to our bodies, we're creating more of a culture that continues to focus on what our bodies look like rather than what our bodies are capable of. And our bodies are capable of really amazing things. But if we keep talking about the aesthetics, we're continuing to exclude people from really being welcoming people into these conversations about all we can do. You know, so much of this is in the DNA of humanity, not just American culture, but a lot of culture around the world has to do with comparison, criticism, and judgment. I mean, you go visit a baby for the first time. We're saying, oh, what a beautiful baby. I mean, it Mm -hmm. starts there. These superlative adjectives start at childbirth. So how do we deal with that? Well, again, we have to start having conversations and challenging it. You know, one of the strategies that we often talk about in the magazine is setting boundaries for ourselves around what we're willing to talk about or not. We have a really interesting article coming up on both body neutrality and a separate one on diet culture and halting the talk about diet culture and some of the body image pieces. And that means, you know, being vulnerable about your intention to change your conversations, your unwillingness to continue contributing to that conversation. We need to be open and vulnerable about where we are, how it's affecting us, and be willing to share that with others because we're not gonna see change in this space if we don't talk about it. If we keep just swimming in this water that we're not even realizing is contributing to the problem or the crisis that we're in, it's going to continue and it's going to be passed down to the next generation. And we have an opportunity to shift that. So this is a crisis. Mm -hmm. And I want to share with you a couple comments that have come up in my own life that have left me feeling partly alarmed and partly frustrated. For example, I want to say not that long ago, I gave a compliment to a Gen Zer and I just said, oh, you look really fit. You look great. And I found out later the person took it that I'm really too preoccupied with body weight which had nothing to do with that comment. And then I'm like, 
is this little old Gen Xer in me just like, I love it when people tell me I look great. I love it when someone tells me it looks like you've lost weight. Is it just a generational thing? What's happening with this? You know, I think it's being driven by different generations, right? It's coming from there. But I do think there's been a shift is like we're kind of missing out on what really matters to people and what people are all about when we focus on the aesthetics. And so there's a lot of conversation happening in the health and wellness space about, can we just stop commenting on each other's bodies? I mean, Rashini, I came in here and I complimented you on the color of your shirt, you know, because it looks beautiful on you. But there's a lot of people who are even saying, like, let's just not focus on the aesthetics. But isn't that kind of nuts, Jamie? I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I love this linen yes. um, bubblegum pink shirt. I love it. Yes. And it made me feel good when you told me that. And yeah. that's just interpersonal, like human nature. Yes. It's positive. You didn't come in and say, Rashini, that shirt's really disgusting on you. Well, you know, I would have not appreciated that. But right. the positive, that's why I wanted to do this case file with you, because I am alarmed <laughs> I would think Lizzo would love that this movement that she contributed so much to body positivity has gotten us all talking about bodies, has gotten us celebrating that she has all kinds of bodies in her music videos, has gotten and contributed to more plus size models. And I guess I shouldn't call them plus size, but more models being models right. of all different sizes. So then when I hear her say it's been co-opted by all bodies, it's like, but isn't that a win that we are all being positive and being open about whatever size we are? My understanding of her comment and also similar comments and reactions along those lines is that there's been so much work done to kind of bring equality, especially when people have been underrepresented or marginalized. You know, I'm a white woman and I start saying I'm really focused on the body positive movement, but I'm not somebody who personally has struggled with my body weight too often. I can get overly focused on that. And this is just me telling you being vulnerable with myself. I, in, in some ways, can contribute to that problem because Really, it's not about me in this case. Like, I've never had those issues. And by me trying to kind of tag on to that, in some ways, am I contributing to the problem and not letting the real... You the know, people maybe the, who have struggled the with The people it. who have really, truly struggled with it, who are really trying to and working. It is an effort. It's a practice. Like, I want to be positive about my body or I want to be neutral about my body. I want to accept my body as it is, knowing that... It's different today than it was yesterday. It's different today than it will be tomorrow. I am no longer, I'm 20 years older than I was. My body is not going to be what it was. So how can I embrace what my body can do rather than what it looks like? What about the wellness side of this? Because I was recently talking with someone who's in the insurance industry, specifically employee benefits. And he shared alarming statistics with me about how many people are either diabetic or pre-diabetic in the United States. And he said, you know, Rashini, we simply cannot afford that, not only as a nation, but all of the insurance carriers. And so is it our fault that someone is obese and then, oh, they're expecting the coverage? So now we're getting into wellness, and it is just scientifically true that certain body weights cannot be sustained on a certain body frame of skeletal bone and muscle. Right. We're really getting into healthcare here and healthcare, healthcare issues. And we are in a nation, the United States, of chronic illnesses. And the reality is a lot of those chronic conditions and illnesses stem back to lifestyle choices. And so it really is on every one of us to be more proactive about our health. But that's a hard thing to do. There's like a willingness and a willpower issue that's coming up here in terms of 
like what are the factors that are working against people to actually make sustainable real change? Our culture makes it really hard to be healthy. That's one of the tenets of experience life is like, how do we offer solutions that are empowering and realistic when it's really hard to be healthy? And if we can focus more on what's happening internally, how do we optimize our health internally so that then we're thriving externally and it doesn't really matter what we look like, the more of us can live longer, healthier, better lives. Well, I'm laughing because not about what you said, because it's very important and crucial. But as some people may realize, The Crisis Files is a podcast. We're so excited where we are with the podcast, but we're also a pilot that is looking for a TV or streaming home. And in one of my pitches to a television executive uh, and content creator, I said, you know, we are all about prevention and we want to bring prevention to the masses. And he said, point blank, Rashini, and I'm going to use a lighter term than he said, America doesn't give a damn about prevention. They want to see a train wreck. They want to see it on TV. And then they want to see the solution. So that was like his inspiration and guidance to me as to how do I sell my pilot for the Crisis Files show? What's hard? about that, though, is like one of the taglines for experience life is no gimmicks, no hype. And that can make it hard. One of our challenges as a publication is getting more people to pick it up because we're not willing to put those gimmicky headlines on the cover. We want to dig into what actually is going to make the change. And the reality is for people to improve their health and wellness and fitness, it takes work. It is not a quick fix. And we have to delve in. So that's, you know, that is it the does. reality. I mean, but that's the something. reality. And so how I look at it, because I have had up and down moments with my own fitness and yeah. running and weightlifting, but I know it's about me. So my inner talk, I'm not blaming it on someone else. It is about right. me. I do want to touch on this whole male body dysmorphia, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of times body talk gets focused on more female yes. and female identifying people. But this is actually happening with males. So give us some insight on this. Yeah. So in recent years, there's been a lot of research around this rise in male body dysmorphia. And just to kind of go over a couple studies that have happened. So there was a study done in a few years ago, I think it was in the middle of the pandemic of 2000 British men. They were between the ages of 16 and 40. And nearly half of the response to that study noted that they were struggling with body image. And these were male and people identifying as male, right? And so almost six in 10 of those people at the time blamed the isolation caused by COVID as part of that reason. And only one in four, 25% of those people reported feeling happy with their body image. So sad to hear those stats. And that's just, I mean... I continue just anecdotally, my girls are middle school and elementary age hearing more about this in young boys and males. It's a growing epidemic in its own right. Right. Well, it's good to know that you and your team at Experience Life are looking at these kinds of things. Let's let's land on a positive note here. I mean, we are obviously not going to solve all these problems in one case file, which, you know, would be a miracle if we could. But hopefully we have started some conversations with today's case file, Body Talk. But Let's wind down on a positive note, Jamie. How can we all really embrace this body neutrality, body positivity, whether you call it a movement or just for ourselves, that inner narrative? What's interesting about the body neutrality is it's not saying you should never be body positive or you should never be body negative. It's somewhere in the middle and it's practice in and of itself again, like so many things with health and wellness. It's a habit we have to work on and create. And really it's about how do we talk to ourselves differently? How do we have different inner conversations instead of focusing so much on, oh, does this outfit look great on me? Or, you know, I don't like what I see in the mirror today. Like, what can my body do? And so it's really starting the conversation like, I am really proud that I was able to lift that weight this morning. I can do that. My body is capable of so much. And so it's really accepting where you are at any given moment. I already alluded to this, but like our bodies are changing 
every hour. Like my body is different than it was this morning. I feel less achy than I did when I woke up. And that's the reality of what living in a human body. And so it's really being okay with that, but also being willing to kind of share that new perspective with others. I've been talking to a lot of people since I edited that article on body neutrality. I've felt just personally like almost a freedom because I've been thinking about that so often as I get into conversations with people and talking about different things. When it turns to my body, I'm like, I'm really focused on, I feel good in my body versus like, oh, my stomach feels a little fuller than normal today. I I have found a lightness in that for myself just since being introduced to the concept and thinking about it on occasion, you know? So it's like, if we can get more people understanding this concept, understanding, you know, that it's not always about our aesthetics. We want to feel good. We want to look good. That's the reality. Like we want to show up and let's talk more about like what we can do and, and focus on those pieces and introduce that to more people. I love that. Well, a great teaser also for all the wonderful things you can find in Experience Life, the magazine, or online. Thanks to Jamie Martin, editor-in-chief of Experience Life magazine, available online and through Lifetime Fitness membership. Today's Crisis Brief is brought to you by Proof Alliance. Number one. Inner talk matters. Boosting the story you tell yourself about your body will contribute to your overall wellness. Number two, set boundaries on what body talk you are comfortable having. Number three, focus on what your body can do and what you appreciate about it. We all want babies to be healthy and have the best start possible. Avoiding alcohol while pregnant or trying to become pregnant is the first and most crucial step. Want to do more to support healthy babies? Get to know Proof Alliance. Visit proofalliance.org. Thank you to our podcast producer, Kim Inslee, and audio engineer, Tom Hamilton. Catch up on all case files at thecrisisfiles.com for the show archive plus special videos. Subscribe to our YouTube page on thecrisisfiles.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at The Crisis Files. We do not provide legal, financial, medical, or PR advice for particular situations, but strongly recommend you seek out professionals to help with your specific need. I'm Rashini Rajkumar. Join me next time on The Crisis Files. <laughs>